Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, citizens of Earth. Welcome, humans. I merely tell you that the future of your planet is at stake. We have to ask you to try to stay calm, and it's important for everyone not to panic. I am authorized to assure you that so far there is no reasonable cause for alarm. We work for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. What's happening? This is Coach Kair, and you are now rocking with the best. Wake up, ancestors. Wake up, people. Everybody, get up out your seats, and let's get this party started right. This is Original Native Radio, and each and every Thursday is the Tower of Tantra. And tonight is show number 21. Yo, yo! And I wouldn't be here if y'all weren't here. I just want to just keep it real live and 100. So I'm just that right there. Standing ovation is for my listening audience who bring it each and every weekend. The downloads, much shout outs to everybody galactically who's listening to this because this is not a local, national, or international show. We are broadcasting throughout the galaxy, known and unknown. And I just appreciate everybody who's been buzzing me from the planet Saturn and Uranus lately, telling me how much they enjoying Original Native Radio. Um, we have a show on Tuesday night, sometime at your night, the best health care you've never heard of, root cause therapeutics, you need to get up on it. If you have missed any of those shows, please go to symptometrybooks.com, S-Y-M-P-T-O-M-E-T-R-Y books.com. We have quite a bit of literature there for you to read. You will also be inside the main hub of our number one sponsor, relaxationisthekey.com. While you're there, after you check out some Tometry books, please browse around, check out the videos, check out the conscious commerce, check out my grandmaster's interview. It's just tons and tons and tons of things over there to keep you uh, edutained. We got a little education. Education and a lot of entertainment mixed together with some spirituality and teaching, and we really feel that's a strong combination to share with so many people out here in the galaxy who are interested and in tying into this type of vine. On Wednesday night is Illuminati Money. That's right. Where are the opportunities? You want to be recession-proof like me? I don't care who wins, Romney or Obama, I'm recession-proof. Do you want to become recession-proof? Are you interested in changing the tools of your trade, adding some champagne to your campaign? Then join us on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. right here on Original Native Radio for Illuminati Money. That's the opportunity night. If you don't zoom in, you can't tune in, all right? And then each and every Thursday right here is the Tower of Tantra, and it's getting ready to go down. I know some of y'all are listening and saying, where's the chat? 
please refresh your screen. I just opened it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Everyone who's ready to rush into the chat room, I appreciate it. And thank you all for being on time tonight, popping in here and popping collars and popping bottles and all that good stuff. I really appreciate all of you for tuning in. Tonight is going to be real special. If you missed last week's episode, number 20, then you'll probably be, it won't take you long to catch up this episode, but if you were on the episode last week, number 20, big shouts out to Mr. Make It Happen and Black Health for coming in last week. While I was on the road, I had to go up to New York to see my master, master Grandmaster Senyata Saraswati at the New York event at the Hotel New Yorker, the New Life Expo. It was the bomb diggity. Uh, learned a lot, a new tantric kundalini cosmic meditation, uh, also a Vishnu solar plexus deep tissue massage that is like so, so, so necessary. It's so cutting edge too because I've been studying with Grandmaster Senyata for over uh, 11 years and this is some new technology. He's been teaching for over 50 years and he's just releasing this, these two new meditations and techniques to the public and I was... um very fortunate enough to be there and receive those. But while I was gone, uh, Mr. Make It Happen held it down here at the Tower of Tantra, number 20. Go back in the archives and catch number 20, and we were talking about healing a man's heart. Uh, the brother and Master Yao really put it down in my absence last week. I mean, I really have to just, you know, say thank you, thank you, thank you for Everything that they, you know, everything that they contributed, it was just, it was just amazing. The topic of men needing to be healed. A lot of times when people hear the word tantra, they think of sex, they think of orgasms, they think of pleasure. Well, tonight we're going to talk about the component of love. We'll talk about the component of love and the emotions. All right, but it's going to be a continuation of healing healing and the men who have this fire and have this power that's necessary need the women to step up to the table to do some serious healing all right so before i move any further i gotta pay a couple of bills let me go ahead and run a couple of commercials then we're gonna get this party started hold on tight because it's a wrap prostate health liver and kidney rejuvenation sexual power on demand. These are functions that men and the women who love them truly desire. Remember this rule. You should seek to maintain it rather than to wait and hope to regain it. Black Hef. Because getting and staying hard matters. American School of Symptometry is looking for dedicated students who want to learn how to eat scientifically and live a disease-free life. American School of Symptometry is the teaching and training arm of symptometry. We offer three types of scholarships to help you with the cost of educating yourself and learning how to cure disease at the cellular level. That's right, cure disease. Our mission statement is curing is proving. Check us out 
at symptometry.com. That's S-Y-M-P-T-O-M-E-T-R-Y dot com. You'll be glad you did. Or call us at 708-252-3621 for more information. That's 708-252-3621. American School of Symptometry. December of 2012 marks the most exciting event in our human history. It will be a time of true alignment, not only within the cosmos, but within us as well. What better way to straighten yourself out than by going on a seven-day holiday getaway to enchanting St. Lucia? Oh yes, paradise is waiting for you. Close your eyes. Imagine yourself enveloped in warm tropical breezes, listening to the crystal clear ocean rushing upon the shores of black and white sand beaches. Can you see it? Well, one need not imagine any further. Personal chauffeurs are at your beck and call to whisk you away, and it's only a five-minute drive to the beach. Experience the La Sofoyer, the world's only drive-through volcano. Bathe in natural mineral baths and emerge anew. Play under a waterfall, and then go and relax at Marigold Bay. Currently accepting seven-day reservations for the weeks of December 1st through December 19th, relish in a seven-day, six-night stay at the recently renovated luscious Mango Villa. Villas are equipped with standard amenities. Travelers may depart from New York, Philadelphia, or Newark, New Jersey airports on JetBlue or American Airlines. For the low price of 1170 for individuals or 1980 for couples, airfare is included. This clear water paradise is closer than you think. For reservations, please call 201-598-9426 or log on to bestcaribrentals.com for additional information. That's B-E-S-T. C-A-R-I-B-R-E-N-T-A-L-S dot com. Experience the magic of St. Lucia and transform yourself. This is a dream come true. Well, 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 for the grown and sexy... Put all the children to sleep, take get your shoes off, light your incense and your candles because I can't do this by myself. I gotta bring in my co hosts with the mostest. Author of Awakening the Master Feminine, founder of the Grand Triumph Program. You can find him at com. Author of Natural Blueprints of Relationships. Author of The Oracles of Kim Say New. Y'all better get ready for my main man, 50 Grand. I'm doing excellent, most excellent, feeling very, very good. Feeling frisky over there? Come on now, go ahead and tell the truth and shame the devil. There you go. <laughs> it's all on the mountaintop tonight. 
I'm uh, looking at a bouquet of white roses, and uh, it always makes me think about um, that whole that 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 energy of just being where you want to be. Um, we used to give out when I was young a bouquet of red roses to someone that you felt uh, passionate about. And as we get a little older, we start looking at some of those other colors. We don't just um, want the passion. We also want to have that good feeling about ourselves, that high self-esteem, and we want to feel like somebody in life has got our back, somebody of the opposite sex. It's really interesting that since the last program where we talked about uh, male healing and other topics, that uh, several men have chimed in on my phone line and on my emails, giving me a rundown of where they are in their life on this whole path of uh, ascension. And like the white roses, I think that... uh, a lot of men today are looking for off that bouquet. They're looking for that life divine, that life euphoric, where they can actually even enjoy some of this stuff that we've been talking about on this program. They're like, Master Yao, I've been studying. <clears throat> I've been doing my Qigong I've been doing um, my programs, my health regimens, taking my amino acids, my energy's up, I'm starting to feel a little frisky, and now I'm trying to get through the drama that I'm having with my significant other or my significant other's ghost, I guess you could put it that way, and I'm trying to deal with my own counterfeit personality and hers. So tonight, it's kind of going to be a continuation of what we talked about last week, and I invite everyone out there to call and share with us, ask us questions, put us on the blast, sit back and relax, hit the one, if you've you've called in over the phone, hit the one so that you'll be in the queue. If you're on Facebook, go to the International Grand Trine Family Circle and look at the post for comments and put your comments, questions in there now if you do not want to call in or go to the chat room with Coach Kaya. Yeah, I, I, I was listening to the show this week um, from last week, and you and Mr. Make It Happen, y'all came in and did the dang on thing. I'm going to just tell you like that. And last night we had an uh, extended part of that conversation on Mr. Make It Happen radio.com as well. And it was, <clears throat> you know how sometimes people hear that, the conversation to be so thick they don't want to call in and share and the brothers who were opening up last night and then me finishing up listening to the show um, from last week earlier today, 
I was a bit disappointed in the shame that men are surrounded in when they have an opportunity and a venue and a vehicle such as Original Native Radio to not only speak up, use a fake name, whatever, but speak up and get some assistance. And I know that, you know, people have sent the emails and conversations and things like that, but the dialogue that we have here, I think it's very important that the women who are listening, because last week y'all did almost a 1,000 downloads again, and that's each and every week. We got 800 listeners listening to these shows, and the women are not hearing enough of the men come in and say, look, I am hurt. I need some healing. We have no shortage of women, and they have no lack. Of, they have no lack of courage at all to say, "I need, I need." And we brothers, there's a difference between a provider and Captain Save a Ho. There's a big difference between being a provider. Being a provider is coming in with open, honest integrity. Whereas last night we talked about men up under some of their counterfeit personalities have come in with the Captain Saverhood Regiment with dollars, dollars leading the way, dollars leading the way, because that has been the miseducation of men, thinking that, oh, the woman wants me to provide, she must, she must mean money. She must mean money, so let me buy her or let me just shower her with all these finances and then everything will work out. Well, in the absence of love, that's a bullshit formula, period. And we had some real live stories last night of brothers who had um, approached relationships in different manners that ended up having them ridiculed, having them being um, disappointed, having them being oppressed, and really being wounded by women to the point now where they are so shut down, they are unwilling to express what they need provided for them. And I think it's a large misconception that if you just provide for the woman, everything will be cool. I totally disagree because on a whole, men and women do not have the education to heal one another even though we have the natural abilities and makeup to do so. But we don't have the education. And what has replaced education, y'all, this is the most shameful part of it, is shame, fear, guilt, the absence of love. And we are still looking at, oh, well, give me finances, or let me keep doing it the way my mother taught me, or the way I learned it in the barbershop or the beauty salon, or this man who's been, uh, he has five different baby mamas and been divorced three times, and he's always getting caught cheating. Uh, let me, I've listened to him, and, you know, Uncle Richie said this, but they won't show up for the grand trying class. They won't call in and press one on the Tower of Tantra show. You know, and, this, and, and all of the secretive behind the behind the behind the shroud moving around. Coach Kair is really, really fed up with it <clears throat> and I think it's time to raise the bar, push some buttons, spread some envelopes and let people know that we 
know you lying out here, brothers. Sisters, we know y'all lying out here. This ain't a confessional, but this is also, this is an avenue to speak your mind and practice without ridicule. See, there's no ridicule on this show for those who speak out, for those who hide and say, oh, I can't do that. They're going to be hard on me. Listen to the 20 shows that me and Master Yao have done together. There's never any ridicule. There's no ridicule in Tantra. So that fear and those hang-ups, we really want to work on tonight of removing them the best we can, offering viable solutions, workable programs. So each and every one listening to the sound of my voice, Master Yao's voice, and anyone who calls in tonight can have an opportunity to get some serious healing done on both sides of the fence. Y'all, what do you think about that? Well, I'm I'm encouraged because 12 years ago, I remember, you know, I, I more or less kept the Tantra side of my life a secret. And, um, and when we did start talking about it, it was met with, uh, a, a mixture of skepticism and self-effacement. Today, men, I think, are much more forthcoming than they used to be, whereas perhaps they weren't even listening to this 10 years ago. Today, they are listening. Um, we have approximately in our classes... 40% male, not in all of them, but that, that's how it runs. And the men in the class are as eager to learn as the females, if not more so. And, and a lot of these men are what you call the alpha male types. They're not just following what, what the society says they have to do. They're forging their own way. And I believe that even though there's still a lot of men who are sort of lurking in the shadows of this, um, as they see these other men out here receiving benefits from all of this, I believe there will come a time when they will be following more and they'll be engaged more. So just to recap what we talked about last week, I, I think... <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that men and women are indeed disengaged and they're sort of like nipping at the edges. They have a lot of encounters and in these encounters they feel each other out. There's some uh, level of pleasure. There's some level of uh, companionship and then they get to the counterfeit personality and then there's sometimes a pullback, a rebound, a withdrawal, partial. So what I want to say, first of all, is that the men who are, let's talk about the men who are uh, taking Tantra, and let's talk about what that's doing for them. First and foremost, it's upgrading their sexual life. No matter how well you're equipped, no matter how good your romance quotient is, 
no matter how attractive you are as a man, the men who are involved in Tantra are finding that it's an improvement. And this improvement is in energy because once they learn to be present and once they learn to cultivate their energy, not only does it help them in the physical arena and with pleasure, it helps them in the emotional arena and with connecting to a woman. So for those men who are already on board, the challenge for them is finding a compatible female that they can connect to and with. So my message to them is to be cognizant of the old paradigm. In other words, to be aware of how most people in our society have been operating in the past and to understand that you can't fall back on that old way of doing things, that old way of engaging in relationships as you move forward. I talked about risk management. In other words, picking and choosing which women to take a chance with. And I think that um, I know that men are having success with that. I get feedback, not a lot, but I get some feedback every week. And what men are saying is that um, when I do engage with a female, it is better. And what happens is then they run into the same emotional problems, the same emotional drama, and they begin to back up, to do the moonwalk backwards. And what I want to say is don't necessarily take that, don't, don't take that option. You've learned these new tools. Put them to use. And let the women see the benefits. And that sometimes is enough motivation, is enough to um, persuade the young lady to maybe look at a new way of operating. It's true that as a man or as a woman, we are not alone in our experience history. In other words, when a man comes in contact with a female, he's not only presenting himself to her, he's also confronting all of the men that she related to before him. And therefore, one of his goals and objectives should be to try to erase that and start out on an even playing field. So you say to the young lady, okay, what has been your experience? And then his next sentence should be, regardless of her reply, is let's start over. Let's look at this as if we are Adam and Eve and we're on this planet for the first time. And let's give that a try. Let's And, and tell her what the benefits to her are going to be. And in time, if she allows show her and start out by being present. Tantra is about becoming the highest and best version of you. 
And therefore, you cannot talk about that and be authentic. You have to do it. Even if your projection work and your energy work is not 100% yet, the improvements that you have made, most women today don't have that in their history. In other words, when you encounter a woman and you have learned some tantra, you are offering her something that she has not felt before. <coughs> and be confident in that. And understand that the woman is going to appreciate that, that that does have value. And therefore, by showing her the benefits of what you have to offer, you can expect a different outcome than what you might think. In other words, we live each year based on the echo of the previous years. We live each year replaying that record that we play every year, starting at our birthday, and we go through life and we encounter pretty much the same situations if we don't manage it properly. And we tend to constantly react to things the way we've always reacted to things. We tend to react to the woman the way we've always reacted to her. And I say, don't. Break out of that stream and let her know that you are not reacting to her based on all the other women that you've encountered and dated, but you are relating to her brand new. You're present with her the way that she is today. And I believe that this simple formula, this simple recipe of not remaining stuck in the past can help overcome some of the obstacles many men today are facing. And a lot of times I know it's difficult to let go of the past. It's difficult to forget or ignore the disappointments that you've had prior to today. But I encourage you to try and do the best that you can because the outcome and the benefits are worth it. In the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy, there's a scene in the movie. It's not in the book, but it's in the movie, and it's implied in the book, where they get to a point where the ring bearer decides he can't go on with the mission anymore and, and the entire world is, is, is relying on him to take the ring to Mordor. And he looks to his com comrade and he says, I, you know, it's too much, I can't do it, I just, you know, it's all going to fall down. And, and the guy says, well, no, um, something is different. And, and so we have to try, even if it looks like we're not going to make it, and basically what he says is, there's still some good in the world. There's still things worth fighting for. And therefore, we can't lay down now, now that we've got these new tools and we've got these new weapons, and we can destroy the evil. We have to keep going, even if it looks like we're going to fail. And of course, you know, they do keep going, and they succeed because the thing has changed, and much that has changed, they couldn't see it. 
because they were out in the field dealing with the crisis that they were dealing with. They couldn't see that there were forces on their behalf working, helping to make the mission a success. They couldn't see that when they got to places that it looked like they were going to fall, there were going to be other people around to pick them up. And so I say to men, that exists in your relationship life. In the same way that you did Tantra, in the same way that you started doing things differently, in the same way that you looked at the mistakes you made in the past and you correct them, so there are women out here doing that as well. And so the real question comes, how to identify them? And there, therein lies why we do the exercises with the counterfeit personality. Because if you look at her and you talk with her and you pay attention, then basically you're going to know, is she going to try to improve and work on the negative or is she not? And if she's not, then you don't have a whole lot to hope for. But if the answer to that question is yes, she is trying to change things. She is trying to get out of this uh, this swamp that some of us get stuck in, and she is trying to really, you know, uh, make things a little bit better. Then let the past go and expect that when you get to those critical crossroads, her girlfriends, her parents, uh, her male friends, and the forces that are around her are going to support you. Believe that they will, and they will. Now, to the men who have not given this path a chance, who have not uh, really immersed in Tantra, I say, find one of these men who have and ask them, how has it changed or improved his life? Call up to the program and very frankly, put us on blast. Assume that we uh, have some failing, some, um, some lack, or that we have not really done our homework, and take, play the devil's advocate and say, well, I don't think this is going to work for me because and give us a chance to answer that question on your behalf. If you say to yourself, well, what I've been doing in the past has worked for me, then continue to do that. But if you ask that question of yourself in the mirror, has what I've been doing in the past really worked for me? Has it been, has it achieved my highest and best experience? Am I living the life fully of abundance that I want to live? I mean abundance in relationships. Are you having that dream sex that we read about in these novels that are so plentiful in the bookstores? Are we satisfied emotionally with our encounters with the opposite sex? If the answer to that question is no, I would say, why would you then ignore a new paradigm? Why would you then ignore the men around you 
who are basically saying, I'm involving myself in Tantra, and it's made a difference. So my question to you, Kaya, or, or not question, but my comment to you is, I think we need to emphasize the positive benefits of Tantra to men, and either they're going to choose it and try it, and let it let it fail of its own, or let it succeed of its own, or they're not, and that's okay. For the men who have already taken that leap of faith, and who are indeed improving and enjoying the benefits, then I think what we have to do is always encourage the women to be ready when they do encounter that man. What's your thought about that, Kyrie? The encouragement from the females, this goes back into the eight gender roles a lot of women are very unfamiliar with. This is why on my squad I say no whining and complaining because the opposite of whining and complaining is encouragement. And I think sometimes women don't know the power of their encouraging words which is why I entitled the show tonight, Love, Lies, and Learning, because there's a thin line between wisdom and cunning. At times you can tell someone, good job, good job, good job, I really like that, and you really mean it. And then with just a slight bend of intention, you can use it and have ulterior motives. To me, those are what I call sophisticated women. And please, before you jump to the gun, everyone, you might want to look up the definition for sophisticated. It is not what you think. Um, It is of the uttermost important that the intention behind encouraging brothers be love, not what I can get out of it. That is the problem. And that's where the lies part of tonight's title has it comes in. Because a lot of people have been professing pleasure and love, but they've been only doing that for what can I get out of this. We talked about this maybe on show number eight or six, seven, or eight or nine, about how these brothers are so broken down because they come into a relationship, and instead of saying, look, I'm going to spend 30 or 60 days healing you. You spend 30 or 60 days after that healing me. So we've got two to four months of healing one another, and strictly not at the same time, but I'm going to be totally devoted. And the women say, just like uh, Lucy or Charlie Brown, you go first. You go first. You hear me first. I got you. I got you. Um, And then... They fumble the ball or they snatch the ball up. They get their healing. They get their jollies out of it. They get their pleasure. They may even get some money out of it or a couple of, you know, little girl orgasms, and then they're off. And like you said in the show last week, once you do that, you mess it up for 30 other women because that brother in his next 30 encounters is going to have that in the forefront of his mind. So that's why I'm imploring that honesty be at the forefront of what women initiate. 
Now, people say, well, Kaya, why, what about the men? What about the men? I ask people all the time, do you know why men get caught in lies by women? Because they learn to lie from women. Men didn't, we don't go around each other talking about this is the perfect style to lie from. We learn from what is modeled in front of us. And we look at Mari Povich all the time, and the biggest lie is, that's your baby. See, men can't top that lie. We might can say, no, it's not. But we can't even lead and go to a woman and say, you know, this is your baby. She'd be like, uh, nah, bro, this ain't your baby. My vagina would, would remember that head popping through there. And women have the mammary glands intact. The ovaries are closer to the heart. They're built for compassion. They're built to receive. They are the most perfect healing device on planet Earth. And to not step forward with the pure intent of love and taking the initiative, the relationship has a high, high, high chance of failure, even sabotage. So the honesty is one thing that Kair stresses, stresses, stresses. This is on the t- symptometry show on Tuesday, the Illuminati Money on Wednesday, the Tantras, I mean the t- Tower of Tantra, the Cosmophysics. We're always stressing honesty. Last week you talked about men being able to project from their penis. But the women, you said you didn't feel like the women would be comfortable but if the men were walking around with their erect penises out because she had the assumption that, well, this man hugged me and he's healing me inside this two or three or four hour class, now he's going to pursue me afterwards thinking that he can put that thing up in me when I really don't want that I only came for healing. If you don't say that during the class, it's the same equivalent as withholding information, which is just as bad as lying. The man's right there. You know how hard it is for a man to be in a public forum with other women and other men, pull his penis out, get it hard, and then want to heal a woman? Just as hard as it is for a woman to come into a public forum, become semi-nude, expose her breast, and heal a man in front of a room full of people. Kenya, or Juju Mama, gave a demonstration in uh, Atlanta for her birthday, the Blue Butterfly Convention, the first annual Blue Butterfly Convention. They unfolded a bed, portable bed, in the middle of the room. There were about 35 people there. And a brother volunteered, lay down on the uh, bed, and she proceeded to show the entire room, men and women, what it really looks like to project energy from the breast. As you talked about last week, the breast projection or nipple projection. She showed how the vagina could be used to project. And <clears throat> while, since I've been in this particular lifestyle for over 10 years, but coming from a temple style background, I wanted to watch the faces of the people watching versus just watching, you know, the her doing the healing and the shock, y'all, that was in the women's faces and the men. The men were like, oh, my God, you mean I'm supposed to lay here 
and let her put her vagina on my heart. Let her mount my heart. Let her rub her breast on my chest and let her heal me. I mean, now sometimes you would think out a strip club, if a stripper does it, you get an erection. But I don't think I saw an erection or lust in these brothers' eyes. And in the women, I saw, you mean I'm supposed to mount this brother who I don't know or I'm just supposed to just heal him? Oh, and it was and it was just shocking. Well, I ask people, I ask the callers and listeners in all the time. When do we come out of the playground sandbox, especially in the African American community? They're the worst. They are in the European community and overseas. You look on, you, you type in tantra on YouTube and see how many African American you can find really being unashamed and, and, and courageous. And I'm not saying this as a ridicule. I'm saying it because we have to lead with honesty, and it has to get out there. And we have to start holding people accountable. If you really want to do Tantra, you can't keep being a secret agent. Like, yeah, like you said, you were a secret agent 12 years ago. Ten years ago, I was a secret agent. I went through three beautiful, potentially beautiful relationships keeping Tantra a secret from my girlfriend. Now, yeah, we had sex, we had fun and all of that, but I wasn't doing any of the healing exercises. I was just using it to my advantage to, you know, have my own personal uh, 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 porno uh, experiences. And we had all kinds of fun, but in the long run, the relationship did not last. The love dwindled. And now I'm at a different place where I have no more intentions on that, but only intentions on bringing Tantra as the forefront of a relationship where I think we all need to evolve to for those who are serious about this matter. I totally agree in congratulating the brothers, like Sears brother, like uh, uh, John, like Jomo, like, you know, the 40% of the brothers who are taking the class, but we're still in the .0001%. We got to step it up and continue doing what we need to do which is outside-of-the-box behavior. And that's kind of like I want you to vibe on that tonight a little bit about, because I'm still wanting to get to the root, these lies that we're still living, but the importance of out-of-the-box behavior. Because like you said, I don't know if it was earlier tonight or last week, where has the old-school type of behavior gotten you? Can you comment on that for me, Al? Well... You said a lot, and uh, let me let me go back to the uh, well. I'll come to the old school behavior in a second. Let me go back to the uh, public things. When you know, I guess we all have different faces. We have a face that we show our families when we go to the temple or the church or the 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 the, uh, the mosque, and. <clears throat> That is the face, the facade of, of no flaw. Any flaws that we have are hidden. We have a face that we show uh, our relationship when we're out in public. And that is normally the face that we believe the members of the opposite sex are attracted to. 
and we have a face that we show in the bedroom. And usually those three faces are different, very different. And so I think that um, we need to kind of pull those faces together, <laughs> and they should all be one face, so that we don't have to show a different face in the bedroom from the face that we show when we're out with our mate uh, at the mall shopping from the face that we show our families and uh, on Sunday dinner, that we have the same face all the time to some, to some extent so that we feel comfortable with ourselves at all times. If we say that, um, we, you know, um, that people that that well let's be specific if we say that okay um people are lying why are they lying normally it's because they don't think the truth is going to get them what they want and in the past that's probably been true you tell the truth it doesn't get you what you want we go to a club we are ourselves, we act ourselves, and we approach a member of the opposite sex or they approach us and they reject us or they make us feel that our original phase is not enough. So we learn to lie. I don't think that um, it's a natural reaction but I do think it's natural for people to want to get what it is they think they want or need. And if they don't think that they can get that and give the other person what they want to need at the same time, then they'll just look out for themselves. And I'm saying Tantra allows you to do both. It allows you to get what you want and need and also give the other person what they want to be and to present a face that even though it's your face, it's your original face, it's your it's the real you, it's what you really are, you will still receive a level of acceptance that you won't receive if you're still going through this whole relationship thing based on the old paradigm, the old scripts. So my thing is, Emphasize the benefits. Emphasize the fact that, okay, I have something that has value. And if you want that, then I'm demanding value from you in return. And I'm going to be authentic. Even if I get some level of ridicule, I'm going to be authentic even if sometimes it doesn't always get me what I want. Because in it's the, the end... It's a dream come true. In the end, if you are authentic and you are truly uh, manifesting the highest and best version of you, if you're in the process of seeking to do that, just by virtue of trying, you will indeed get the highest and best version of your mate. They will either have to give it or get out the way. Woo! Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
awesome, baby. Get it or get on? That sounds like what you just said. Get it or get on. Well, I think that when when a woman comes up and she says, okay, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes in the past. But I've, I'm, I'm, I'm going through this whole Tantra piece, and I'm starting on the journey of going back to my original self. And a lot of us think about our teenage years. And I, I don't know about everybody else out there, but in my teenage years, it was not perfect. I was probably more popular than most men, but certainly I was not a player. I was not the most popular guy, and I got more than my share of rejections, ridicule, and whatever. And so when we think about going back to our original self, for many of us, that doesn't make us feel good because we we assign that as being something that won't get us the outcome we want. It won't get us the dream. And that's where the thinking has to shift. When I first started, you know, learning about this stuff, it left me with a great deal of doubt because I said, okay, let's say I go through all of this. I'm not so sure that the females I encounter are really going to place value on that and they're and that they're really going to uh, allow me to, to live this experience, this highest and best experience that I feel I deserve. But... I I discovered that that's not the case. I discovered that even with my imperfections, the fact that I was trying to be a higher and better version of myself was enough. That, yep, there may be guys more attractive than me that made more money than me, but that did not stop women from feeling good about me uh, uh, trying to do good things for me, trying to have good experiences with me. And so I can say truthfully that in trying to be my original self, trying to be authentic and not trying to have one face for church and temple, one face for my family Sunday dinner, one face for, you know, uh, shopping in the mall, and one face for the bedroom, by having just one face, one authentic face, with its imperfections, I found that I was able to attract a better overall experience. So, you know, I remember when I drove a Mercedes and I lived in a, a very large house in an exclusive neighborhood, that it did uh, allow me to attract um certain women that I couldn't attract otherwise. But once I attracted them and once we were involved, I found that I still had certain limitations in terms of the experience. There was a price to pay. When I began to be my original self, when I just said, okay, look, this is me, and basically I'm really trying to be a higher and better version of myself, I found that not only was I able to still attract uh, people that I wanted to attract, but that the experience I had with them 
was more the experience that I wanted to have with them. So I don't know if that answered your question or not, but I'll kick it back to you and see. Because I'm not saying that we're trying to get people to say, okay, well, you just, you know, if you can't cut the mustard, get out of my face. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when you come at people that way, as a man or as a woman, you force them to either try to be their highest and best self, regardless of where they're starting from, or they're going to do the moonwalk backwards and get out of your life. And sometimes that's the best thing that can happen to you, that they get out of your life and make way for the manifestation that you're seeking to achieve, whether you know it or not. And that manifestation is that the women or men who come into your life are going to be a higher and better version of themselves. You're going to start dealing with a different type of person, and that person is going to match pound for pound, word for word, deed to deed, what it is you're doing. So there are people out here. I see it every day. I see it in the classes and outside of the classes who are reaching for something better, who are trying to get up out of the swamp. And I say that when you say, I'm not looking for the mediocre, I'm not looking to repeat, I'm not looking for an echo of of the past years of my life, I'm not looking for the next year to just go through the same cycle that I went through for the last five years of my life. I'm looking for something better. It doesn't have to be perfect, but at least every year let it get better. Let me let me have better experiences. Let me have uh, more money. Let me have better manifestations. Let me achieve a better success on my job. Let me have more pleasure when I come home. Let me have more pleasure in the bedroom and not have it be connected to a whole bunch of drama the next day. And this is what people are achieving And this is what I would like to see more men, especially, aspire to. I'm totally, totally in agreement, brother. Totally in agreement. And that's why I wanted to bring it up and put it on the forefront. We must substitute the dishonesty with honesty. Uh, The call-in number tonight is 347-205-9089. If you got a comment or question, press 1. I see a 313 hand up in the building. We're getting ready to go to them. But hopefully we won't let this uh, break open the floodgates. I see a lot of callers on the line just sitting over here secret shopping. Uh, we want your participation. We appreciate you uh, listening each and every week. But press 1 and say, good job, fellas. Give us some encouragement. Or, like y'all said, you can put our feet to the fire and say, yo, this is some bullshit. Say something, but don't continue to just sit back and say, oh, I'm just listening. I don't have any. You, there's, there's no way we're not moving you because I'm getting people hitting me on my inbox on Facebook and my and my phone is, is uh, my text messages are just keep hitting and blowing up. But when when do we come and say, I got something to say? You don't have to say your name. Say your name is Lady X or Mr. B or something like that. Well, you can't be Mr. Bill. We already know who Mr. Bill is. You gotta, you gotta be anybody but Mr. Bill. <laughs> Let's go to the caller lines right now and get caller from the three one three three 
3392. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Alicia Detroit. Hi, Alicia. How you doing tonight? Thanks for joining us. It's Thank awesome, you. baby. <laughs> uh, I am just listening. I'm sorry. I don't have a question right now for you. Yeah, but we just taking comments right now. You had press one, and I saw you raise your hand. So what do you have to say about what you heard so far from just listening? Oh, goodness. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I just found the, the topic very interesting. Um, don't really have nothing to say at this point. I'm sorry. Do you feel like we're full of shit, or do you uh, agree with anything that we may have said tonight? No, I, I'm in agreement. I'm interested in learning um, the tantric practice myself also. Um, and uh, I, I think that's great that more men are interested in learning. We need men and women to learn this, you know, not just, you know, more women. Um, or people in general just really interested in just, you know, I'm having an organic bliss or anything like that. I think it's more interesting and it's more to it than just, you know, the sexual Says your experts, uh, experts of it, you know. I'm nervous. <laughs> could, could I get your name again? Would you say your name a little louder? Alicia. Alicia? Yes. I have a question for you. Two questions, actually. Uh-uh. <laughs> so, uh, Kair earlier was talking about brush protection. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Now, I'm not going to ask you about what you would do in public, in a class setting, but in the bedroom, in private, just you and your man, would you be willing to do breast projection on him if you knew how? Um, definitely, yes. That was the first time I ever heard of breast projection, so that's, that was very interesting. But, of course, yeah, I will be interested. In do I would do that, yes, Definitely. My second question, um, we talked about how men get stuck in the past. In other words, uh, about 10 shows ago, I talked about an experience I had back in the 90s when I was learning this, where I was sitting in the restaurant with a woman, and I saw four shadows behind her. And it seemed like the shadows were talking to me. And one was her father. One was a a fetus that she had aborted. One was an ex-boyfriend or a series of ex-boyfriends, et cetera, et cetera. And I felt like her past, these shadows were talking to me more or as much as she was talking to me. And that many of her words for me were really rooted in stuff that had happened to her before. Would you say that when you are talking to men that you, you know, just started talking to, just started dating or you don't know that well yet, would you say that they're more dealing with you based on the potential of what you and him can have or are they talking to you more based on the relationships with women that they had before they met you? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I would say probably... I believe probably from women they have dealt with in the past is they were the same pattern. I believe so, and I and the same with women also. Do you think that's fair or unfair? This one's fair. It's definitely unfair. 
definitely unfair. And um, I guess I'm guilty of doing it myself, you know. What would it take, do you think, for you to be able to convince him not to do that? Hmm. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. Um, you can only be yourself. And so I learn. I, all I can do is be myself. I'm not sure what a, another person can do to make a person see something different. I, I'm not sure about that exactly. And I'm sure offhand. If you have you ever had a question that kept popping up in your head over and over again, week after week, about something that men do that you didn't understand? Hmm. I, I, I guess, let me see, for myself, it probably would be. Um, I don't know. I guess if they're not satisfied, I, maybe they're not satisfied with just um, a person being their authentic self. Um, they might. Oh goodness, I don't know. You, call, you definitely didn't call me off guard. Um, well, don't feel pressured to make the right answer. Just, <laughs> just think about how you really feel, and and make a comment based on you know, what has actually happened to you in the past. In other words, um, think about it. Think about the one thing that has puzzled you about men or about their reactions to you. What would that question be? Hmm. Or you could even look at it, adding on to that, have you ever been in a situation where a man lied and you said, you didn't have to lie about that, and you oh, were just definitely. wondering, why in the hell would you lie about something so simple? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I think every man I've been with has been guilty of that. But I guess my issue has always been that I think um, people think I'm, guys think I'm too nice or something like that. I'm, <laughs> I don't know. Too nice? Um, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm nice? a Scorpio. Too nice, yes. Too well, nice. Scorpios are nice. We know that. I mean, whoa, 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 well, I'm loyal. I am loyal. What? I'm loyal. I'm a loyal person. I'm loyal. And Scorpio. So, uh, <coughs> Some Scorpios also have a trait to carry a grudge as well. I, yeah, I do that too. Yeah, you see well, that. But they they do that because people deserve for them to carry a grudge. No, no, no. <laughs> to keep carrying a grudge is a lack of forgiveness. That means a lot well, of Scorpios sometimes walk around not forgiving themselves. I don't want to turn this into an astrological. Uh, debate. If somebody does want to uh, take on the services of Coach Kyrie and his Astro Harmony readings, <laughs> get in contact with me nine one nine three seven five W E L L and schedule your appointment, and we'll get down to the nitty gritty. Okay. But so, please, Alicia, go ahead um, and let us. We want you to finish what you were saying about you heard a man and 
He was like, well, what'd you lie for? That was, you know, like, and like y'all said, if there was a question, you don't have to, it's not a wrong or right answer. You know, we're just giving you an opportunity to say, hey, I got two men here who are going to be radically honest with me tonight. And we're just giving you an opportunity to take uh, take advantage of that. And if anybody after Alicia would like to uh, take advantage of that, please press 1 or call in 347-205-9089. But right now the floor is yours, Alicia. Oh, my goodness. Um, I have not been in a relationship in a while, so I can't even right now even think. It was so many different things from the last partner. Um, what mean, would you ask your next partner? What would be the first two questions you ask your next partner if somebody approached you about being in a serious relationship or they wanted to practice Tantra with you? I mean, I definitely would ask them that, but, I mean, my first question would be their spirituality-based um that would be one of my questions is spiritually where they at. Um and um oh goodness. Lord, I don't know. I know this is crazy. I should be able to answer this off the top of my head. But definitely But this is good because that's what we do here is let you have an opportunity to have a barometer of when the situation comes up. It's almost like basic training. If you don't have any experience shooting a gun or ducking when somebody's shooting at you if you get thrown in that environment, how will you be ready? So as they say in the Bible, God is not going to give you nothing that you can't handle. So if he sees that you're not prepared, not being able to answer these questions or not having put any thought on it, you know, where thought goes, energy energy flows, and results show. So that's why I want to encourage you maybe to keep listening, come back next week, press 1 and say, hey, I got an answer for y'all question. This is this is where I'm at with this particular uh, scenario. What do y'all think? Because me and Master, y'all, we're sounding boards. We're not here to criticize. We're here to help each person grow in their own unique way. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Give me some homework to do. Absolutely. Not just you, but everybody. So mm-hmm. thank you for calling in. I'm going to move on to the next call, and I really appreciate you. Thank you. It's awesome, baby! Next up in the building, I see we have a hand raised. Y'all go ahead and get it together for Mrs. Christine Jackson. Greetings, greetings, wide open. How can we help you tonight? Greetings, how are you? All is well. How about yourself? All is always well. That's the friend. Give thanks. So how's everything going with you tonight? What's going on with the show? You got questions, comments, feedback? Yeah, I um, first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for being here. I appreciate you. Uh, I was having a conversation with my sisters on Facebook about Tantra, and just so happened the show was coming on as we were talking about how wonderful it is, and I don't know a lot about it. I've only experienced, I've experienced it as um, a yoga session that led to a first with a former lover um it actually was very stimulating i've seen videos and and things of that nature but i'm learning so much that it's it's so much more than a sexual thing um the topic tonight with your introduction tonight really is what got me um intrigued to go ahead and listen a lot more than i intended to was when you were talking about how to heal a man's heart and um i'm just coming out of a relationship so that is very important for I think for the sisters to really, really, really tap into. It's not 
Um, a lot of times brothers don't talk about it, but you, if you're spiritually in tune with your mate, as I know that I was with my last one, you can tell when he does need healing. Um, some of the things that that happened towards the end of the relationship, I could just like I remember the last day that I spent with him, I was I was just like so in tune with how he was feeling. It was something wrong, and I knew it was something wrong, even though he wasn't telling me what it was. Just the way that he was kind of like balled up on the bed and just like really lethargic and not really moving. And I went to get the the white sage and I started praying and and just burning the sage around the house and in the house outside the house because I felt something heavy was in the room and I could just. You know, just want to encourage the sisters, and thank you guys for bringing it up, but encourage the sisters to really try to be in tune with your mate and see if there's something wrong with him instead of attacking him or coming at him in a in, from a negative conversation or even just thinking, well, what did I do or putting it all about you? Because a lot of times we think it's about us, and it's not. It could be something that mama said. The dream come true. <laughs> it could be something that... <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of times it could be something that he's dealing with, you know, that has absolutely nothing to do with you. And we, you know, sometimes as sisters, we think it's all about us. It's all about us. And I've heard this so many times. So I appreciate the brother for even teaching me that over the last couple of years that, you know, a lot of times it's not about you. A lot of times you got to really try to tap into what it is going on with him, what is really going on with him, and how do you love him through it? How do you really, you know, just stroke him through it? Because if he's not all right, you ain't going to be all right. And vice versa. This is a dream come true. Uh, could I, could I get you to, could I get you to say your name again? I did not hear it before. My name is Sister Chris. Chris. Sister Chris. Yep. Chris, when you're in the the beauty salon or when you're in your girlfriend's, you mentioned in the beginning that you were just talking with your girlfriends. In in the last year or two. What would you say has been the the issue that has caused the breakup of female, you know, of the relationships of your 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 peer group more than anything else? What I was just saying, thinking it's all about us, you know, really not taking time to to find out what's going on with the brother and how you can really um, how you can really enhance the relationship yourself instead of looking to, looking to him to to do for you and be there for you so much. Um, I think I would say, to, in a one word, I would say selfishness. Would, uh, would the selfishness, if you had to pick one, would the selfishness apply more to uh, finances? Would it apply more to the bedroom and sexual? Or would it apply more to the responsibility for generating happiness in the relationship? Of those I'll, three, which one uh, would you pick? Um... Well, let me. Hmm. I, okay, I would say, I would say emotional, but I'll go ahead and pick the last one since they only gave three. Well, if you have another one that you think is better, let's hear it. I think it's emotional. I think, um, personally, I've had three relationships over the last twenty-five years. Two of them lasted for ten, and the last one was a three-year deal. So. I was, I was, when I came into the third one, I was a bit clingy. I was a bit um, needy. And I was emotionally jacked up. But in learning and growing with the brother, you know, he got me to a place of 
where I'm I'm better able to like I'm climbing a tree of life now, so I'm I'm able to control my emotions instead of letting my com- emotions control me. But it was a process. It was a process in where a lot of sisters don't we 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 come with all this baggage and all this damage, and we look to the brother to be what daddy wasn't or what the uncle wasn't or what whoever wasn't in our Captain life. Captain Saverhoe, Captain Saverhoe syndrome, looking for Captain Saverhoe. And we don't even know how to tap into the creator within. And that's what I learned while being with the brothers. Like, I, I learned how to tap into to my Savior, with this, which is in me, my Christ consciousness, who I am as a Christ, you know, and who that, that not only do I have the power to tap into the divine feminine, but also to help him tap into his. And together we could do some things, you know what I'm saying? But not a lot of times we as sisters will... We lean on the brother so much, and when he can't handle our weight and his weight and and the weight of the children and the weight of the world, we call him weak. You know, we ready to be ready to. I like that. It shouldn't be like that. If you have emotional problems, he has emotional problems, then you all need to get together and pray and meditate together and close the door and turn on some candles. I mean, you know, light the candles and light some incense, take a bath together or something. You know, but it's it's work. It's not just about him being there to save you or you being there to save him, but you all have to work together. That's what I love about Tantra. And like I said, I only had that one experience. It was a Tantra yoga session, but our weight had, we had to learn how to support each other with our weight and doing the moves. And it was about breathing, you know, aligning our breathing together where we would own together. And it's about being together and learning that, learning how to function together and flow in harmony. And it's a beautiful experience. (laughs) It's awesome, baby. Um, Chris, from you know my own personal set. Well, <clears throat> I'm not gonna get into your astrological business. Um, I just want to say I'm really, really thankful that you called in tonight and you know showed the women and showed the men how you know gave us an example of being authentic and how we can we can all win by embracing authenticity versus covert activity. And I really appreciate you. Oh, give thanks. I appreciate you as well, my brother. And I wanted to ask, um, I'm in St. Louis, and I'm looking for someone who could actually come and teach a class. I'm calling it relationship therapy. I have a wellness expo that's coming up on November 17th, and it's a monthly event. So even if we can't get it for the 17th, we can, you know, we can work on it for another time. But I'm looking for somebody to come and just teach what it about what I was just speaking because even though it may seem like I got it, you know, it's still a lot of people. It's about the wellness of the community, you know. Well. um you have two of you have two people here. You know what I'm saying? Have venue, we'll travel. You know, y'all's got big things going on in Atlanta, Baltimore, New Jersey, and Houston. Myself, I'm just doing a little bit of traveling New York, um, East Coast. And as I said, I was in St. Louis <clears throat> last year. I was staying off of a shuttle or chateau, however y'all want to pronounce it. Okay. And um, I had a couple of events in St. Louis at my house. And um, I think St. Louis is ready for something like this. And um, all you got to do is reach out. Uh, Master Yao, I know you were getting ready to say something. Excuse me. Yes. Um, Chris, The um, we're going to be launching very soon uh, an online version of the class, the Grand Trine class, which, uh, which anyone around the world can take. Uh, and there are certain retreats that are connected to that. But also... 
um, you can, you know, contact me through my website, masteryow.com, and, uh, and and we will, you know, entertain any type of speaking engagements that you, you know, you have to offer. Um, what is the, uh, uh, one of the things that I think is very successful is when groups of people come together and just can start out with simple things prior to an event or in conjunction with an event. What I mean is book clubs, reading together, panel discussions, or or rap rap sessions where you pick, where you poll each other through emails to find out what's the issue that people really want to have tackled the most and just sit down and, uh, and tackle that. And then everyone is already involved then bring your speaker in to tackle the same subject. Does that vibe with you? It does. It does. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yes, I love it. And you said MasterYow.com? Yes, www.MasterYowYao.com. And there's right. a contact page on there. You know, you've got to play around with the site. It's under construction right now, so play around with the links to, to get to the mate the, the the main part of the site. When you go on the site right now, and you'll see my picture first, and then there's some some links under there. We're we're in the process of uh, adding more to the site. So when you get to the original part of the site, go to the contact page, and that will send an email to me or someone on my staff who deals with the uh, engagements and whatever. But there we uh, there's a, a group. Uh, uh, down in Houston, not connected to the class that we're about to do. And what they're doing is they started a book club where they're reading Awakening the Master Feminine. And so they read a chapter every month, and then during the month, each week, they have discussions about it. And this is a good catalyst to bring up a lot of things, including the type of topics that we're talking about tonight. And so if you schedule the uh, speaker, then you can uh, come up with uh, do a poll and just determine what is the issue that people are really interested in the most and whatever gets the most votes, that's what the discussion group, book club, or panel discussion can discuss. And, and you know, you'll generate a lot of interest and you generate a lot of questions and, and information about where people are. Then have the speaker come in to address that. And I think that would... Uh, that way you know he's going to be talking about something that your particular peer group is interested in. Okay, will do. I'm on the site now looking around, and uh, I appreciate you all's time, and keep up the good work. It's, it's definitely needed, and there are the seeds are being planted, and that is one of the most important things I tell my group, you know, just keep planting the seeds, and those that, that 144,000 or that, that remnant, it's going to catch on and it's going to grow. It's going to grow. It has no choice but to grow because that's what seeds do. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, love. We appreciate you. All right. Have a good night. Also, I have um, saw your event on Facebook, and I will be reposting that on my page as soon as possible. Uh, we got another caller from the 770 Seven seven one. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're from, please? What's happening, man? It's Marco, man. What's going on? Marco! 
What's going on, man? Got some, got some brothers in the house. I was getting ready to say, sometimes y'all don't want to answer the phone after the show because I call him and talk so much shit about the brothers not calling in. So, y'all, you don't have to worry. I'm not going to call you after the show tonight, okay? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, what's going on, big brother? Talk to me. I heard you went back and listened to the archive of the show we did last night, and you've been tuning in and zooming in tonight, man. Talk to us. You got comments, mm-hmm. questions, feedback. What's happening? Well, a couple of things, man. You had to listen to the uh, show um, from last night, man, and you right. I ended up. I was you talking about somebody's going to end up kicking rocks. Well, I tell you, my big toe sore as hell right now because I was like, damn, I should have called in last night because it was really um, talking to you know, speaking of my experience, my situation. Um, you know, of course, you know a little, a little of my, my history. You know, I've been I've been divorced twice. Um, this year, um, I ended a relationship um, with a sister, uh, a two-year relationship. And the relationship, man, uh, it really ended kind of ugly. Um, it left me kind of uh, emotionally broken for a minute, uh, really questioning my authenticity in terms of, you know, it, it really made me dig deep and, and examine my own life. And I came to some fundamental truths about me, and you and I talked about this, and I've said this before that it appears that I had it appeared that I had this this uh, internal need to be needed by women, but in this need to be needed, I end up attracting needy women, and when it's like uh, when I realize that there's nothing I could do to solve their problem or save them from whatever, uh, I end up resenting them for doing who they were when I met them. And so um, it really made made me, uh, so I was suffering from that, what I call the the Captain Saberhole personality disorder. And so um, it's, it really made me, um, you know, examine myself and make, you know, and, and cause I could always kind of process myself as that good guy. I'm the good guy, you know. But, but apparently, you know, I'm the common denominator in all these, in, in these three failed relationships with, with good women. I didn't have, you know, these women were not, you know, um, women who slept around or women who really even talked to me crazy until I started acting crazy. You know, and so it was. So I just discovered, man, that I was a common denominator um, in all of these relationships, man. So when you asked a question earlier about, you know, that old style hasn't been working, hell no. Nah. <laughs> at at forty one, it ain't it, it ain't it ain't worked. You know, so um, I'm looking for, and I've been looking for that new paradigm, that new paradigm shift, and um, and so um, I'm. Definitely interested in learning, um, uh, you know, Tantra and, and, and anything else. Mark, Master, y'all, I'm going to let you uh, reply to that one. Yes. Um, the first thing that I want to say is that I want to be needed. Uh, hmm. In every relationship that I've had, that's, that's a prerequisite that the person needs me. Hmm. Um. And the more they need me, the better. And my my only uh, uh, subtraction from that is that that if I can't supply one or two of this group of needs that they have, 
that they be patient or that they be uh, understanding about my lack and help me to overcome it. So I do not I do not think, in my opinion, that you wanting to need someone is an error. In okay. fact, I think today most people have this facade of not needing anything, not wanting anything, and I find it always to be a lie. Myself, I never want to be in a situation in life where I become so powerful that I don't need anyone else because that then it becomes a scenario where I can dismiss people much too easily. Perhaps um, the issue comes up, as you said, when we're attracting what are called needy women because on the one hand, you can give to a needy woman and there's a level of satisfaction in that. The problem is that most needy women, no matter how much you give them, it's like mm-hmm. a black hole. It never, never fills them up. Right. And so in Tantra, you learn through energy work that you put a bottom in that hole. You put a floor in that house so that everything doesn't just flow in and flow out like a sieve, but that you can give, they appreciate it, and they begin to get filled up. So I would say the fact that you can need someone shows that you are not only authentic, but that you are human. And therefore, I would not try to get away from needing them. In fact, you know, when I was a teenager, uh, the thing that I had going for me and didn't realize it was that I could adore women. I really needed them. I was really, really, really strongly attracted to them and wanted to be around them. And I learned very quickly to abolish that and become independent and basically able to navigate in such a way that even if they didn't fulfill my needs, I maintained this facade of being okay. Instead of learning how to convince them or to motivate them that if they filled my needs, I would give them benefits that they needed themselves to make them understand that they needed me as much as I needed them. You know, in my adult life, I've constantly struggled with the fact that I've gotten so uh, self-reliant financially and emotionally and whatever that it almost appears to me that I don't need women. And it's always something that I try to fight against, never getting to a place where I don't need women and people and don't want them. I always try to express to women or to a woman, whether I'm in a relationship with them or not, how much I need them and how much it's pleasing to me when they fulfill those needs. I guess... What I've tried to do myself is put a floor in that pit, that endless pit, so that they don't have to constantly fill me up, that when they fill me up, I'll stay full and satisfied for a while sexually. If if we have the great sex one night, then they don't have to uh, constantly come up to that and they've got to duplicate that every time. 
Okay. You know, mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they don't have to constantly, um, you know, um, emotionally, when I'm feeling dejected that the business deal didn't go the way I want, that they every time that that happens to me, they've got to step in and make me feel better, that that I'm going to feel that they don't love me anymore if they don't do that. They might have a parent they're dealing with, a child they're dealing with, and at the time, they really can't spend that emotional capital on me. So I say, you know, if you can figure out a way through energy work, not through talking, to get them to put a floor on that pit so that, you know, when you fill them up, they stay full, I think you're one step from being successful in the next relationship. Okay, okay, okay. Sounds good to me, man. I'm I'm, I'm working hard. <laughs> and like I said, I'm willing, definitely willing to learn. No, I, really, no, I really appreciate that brother's taking my call. I appreciate you calling in. We had a couple of young ladies tonight talking about um, the role of being selfish and Kair has talked about earlier the role of lying in breakup of relationships. How do you feel between uh, not talking about yourself, mm-hmm. but the men around you, the men, the peer group that you hang out with or you talk to, how do you feel that lying has played a role in the breakup of their relationships? I think that... um I think a lot of us, as a lot of brothers that I know, we just we really just ain't living what I say, what I call living in our own truth. In terms of we you know we end up being in relationships that we we really don't want to be in, but we scared to let one go, we scared to let it go. Uh, we may become comfortable with the relationship, but we want something else. Um, I know guys who have said that they love their woman, but they sexually bored with her. So um, uh, I think that the whole, so they go out and uh, uh, create other relationships without trying to solve it with the one that they got. Um, so I th- and, and a lot of times, and I've heard um, uh, Brother Kaye and others, others say this, that if um, we would probably be shocked if we went to our, you know, to the women in our lives and said, hey, this is how I'm feeling right now, you know, um, uh, this is what's going on with me internally, emotionally, mentally. How do you feel about that? I think a lot of times, it may, it may in my opinion, that we probably would be shocked at the response that we would get if we were more honest. And I think that that's probably the, the, the cancer in all of our relationships, especially among us as men, is that we do, we we lie. We lie because of, of, of what we think we're going to lose or we, we, we're afraid to tell the woman, that we're needing um, what we really want out of fear of what we think we ain't, if we tell them what we ain't going to get. So, yeah, I think that, I think that us as, as men lying a lot is really the, 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 the cancer um, that really kind of kills the relationship strictly really from the beginning. Well, you know, we, we said earlier in this show that a lot of people, men and women, lie because they don't believe that if they present an authentic, original face, that it's going to get them the outcome that they want. And so if you're in a situation where you really like the woman, 
but the sex is not where you really hoped it would be, then instead of uh, dealing with that, we find a, a plan B woman. Right. And so, but a lot of them do that because they don't know a technology to get the sex better. Tantra changes that. And so I would say if you went to a woman, and I've done this uh, when I was uh, younger and <laughs> not as wise, <laughs> I basically told her the truth. When I was going through my initiations and everything back in the dining, I was forced by the <clears throat> to tell the truth. That was a mess. <laughs> wow. I can tell you, man, you know, that was not pretty. But it's true, like you say, I was expecting the house to fall down, earthquakes, volcanoes to erupt, and the tidal wave to come in, the tsunami, and sweep me away down in some pit of isolation and, 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 and forlornness. But there was tears. There was gnashing of teeth. There was, I'm not going to talk to you for several days. But the outcome of it was that she did change to deal with the issue that I brought up. And so the relationship continued. And both she got something better from me and I got something better from her. And I think that that it made her uh, a more fulfilled woman for every man that she encountered after me. So, yes, if you tell a woman, well, you are emotionally, the way that you are this way is not pleasing to me. It's really rubbing me the wrong way. I don't know that I can deal with that. The reaction is not going to be good in the beginning. But I think if it's done tactfully and with good intentions and it's, and it's basically true, that the final outcome will be good. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. I agree. I agree. I agree a million percent. So how many how many of your friends do you think really <laughs> have the courage to say something like that? Mm. <laughs> right, that's you why we don't get you on tonight. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people like for these brothers, whether they're your friends or non friends or associates or people you know from work or hanging around and you in Play a playerville. You in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's all about the game, telling lies. Let me get you before I, you know, saying before I get got. All of that. So you know, that's why I'm just super, super happy about you know what I'm saying. You jumping out the gym on. <laughs> but check it out. I got about the, the phone lines are finally lighting up, just like I like it right now. Marco, stay on the line. I'm gonna just put you back on mute, but I gotta get about four or five more callers. All right, I pre- and we only got about fifteen more minutes. Okay, thank you, brothers. I thank you, man. Absolutely, appreciate it. Peace. Love you, big bro. Yeah, calling from the five five one six five five. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hi, my name is Tahere. Your name is Tariq? Tahere. Tahere. Hi, yes. welcome, welcome. Saw you in the chat room. Hi, thank you. It's awesome, baby. <laughs> what you got for me tonight? I'm enjoying everything so far from the beginning. It's been, like, really 
on point, and I just wanted to thank you and Mr. Yao and the people who are brave enough to call in and share. Um, I had a couple of questions. Um, first of all, I wanted to know, just going back to the beginning, what Master Yao said. He said he met a woman, and he saw three uh, shadows behind her, or there was a presence of three behind her. I wanted to know if he reads auras, or what is that? Uh, is your your name Tahari? Tahare. Tahare. Like, what yes, a yes. beautiful name. Thank you. What a beautiful name. Um, well, at the time I was going through an initiation, so there were certain entities, spiritual entities around me working with me to help me get past some problems that I had in perception and to help me to get past my own counterfeit personality to see things more clearly so that I would not be under an illusion and I could write the book with more truth. So it was not something that I did. And in fact, in the beginning, it was very confusing and a bit spooky when when it happened, and it happened more than once. But uh, I think that they thought that left to my own devices, (laughs) you know, I would I would continue to have the wrong opinions about things that were happening around me, and I would not see it clearly. Mm-hmm. So basically, at that particular moment, I was checking out her breastuses, <laughs> and um, she had on a low cut dress, and cleavage was showing, and I was I was enjoying her company, the food, the drinks, and and just I mean her, I was just like anticipating hugging her and kissing her and doing all those kind of things. And so I was listening to her, but I wasn't really hearing everything that she was saying. I was only partially present with her voice. Okay. And so then I noticed that sometimes she seemed very romantic and amorous, and sometimes she seemed as if there was a wall between us and that she wasn't really feeling me. And I didn't quite understand that. And then there were four, four, not three, shadows behind her. And what what the shadows at first, I wasn't sure what they were. But what would happen is, as she was talking, I began to feel one shadow was more prominent than the other three. And that basically, the shadows were talking through her, and she was not talking herself. What the entities wanted me to see was that she was responding to me authentically sometimes. And when she responded to me authentically, there was beautiful chemistry between us. But when she was responding to me based on her past, it was not completely truthful. It really didn't have a whole lot to do with me and her at that moment. It really had something to do with something from her past, she had had an abortion. So one of the shadows was a fetus. One of the shadows was a, a looked like a man, but it was just a silhouette. And so I determined that it represented her father and the fact that his absence in her life or his partial, let's just say he wasn't the best father, let's just put it that way. Okay. And so uh, when he was talking she was very critical of me. 
and one of the shadows was her ex-boyfriend, or I'm assuming he stood for all of her ex-boyfriends who in some way, shape, or form disappointed her. And when that part of her was talking, definitely she was not feeling me. In other words, maybe some part of her wanted to be sexy and cute and loving and sharing and receptive, but when that ex-boyfriend thing was talking, that I was basically put in a defensive posture. And basically, I was trying to answer questions based on other men. And you can't do that. I, I didn't even know these other men. And so trying to answer these questions, not only was it a disadvantage for me, basically it was a no-win scenario. No matter what I said, I had to lose. And so it, it, it was an exercise to show me what, it, what was going on in her head or outside of her head that sometimes she was talking based on what she felt in her heart at that time. And, the, and the, half the time she was talking outside of her heart. She wasn't in her heart space. She was in her head, in her negative emotions, and that I needed to learn how to separate the two and not take it personal. Because prior to that, I had not learned that lesson. Did I answer your question? Yes, sir. The reason I asked is because I've been married, I've been with my husband for 17 years now, but before that, I would constantly meet people who in the beginning were just very warm and like would aggressively pursue me, but as soon as I would, you know, maybe relax and I was very nurturing and almost submissive and would do things and try to, you know, I could see the pain in a man because I'm just bringing this up because this is what I <laughs> this is what I was um, listening to the show for, um, and I felt like the more nurturing I was the more violent the man would become. And, like, I was, I went through this period where I would dream things and then they would come to being. And I wouldn't call myself psychic because I never knew what it meant until it was happening and I couldn't control it. And so I just thought it was um, kind of like, it felt like a curse. But it felt like a what? like a curse almost because I could see things and I would tell my sister, we lived together at the time, I would tell my sister and she was like, oh, my gosh, you're a psychic. But it didn't feel good because a lot of times it was wrapped around a traumatic situation or it was just very uncomfortable because I would see things and then it would happen in real life almost exactly the way I described it. But I couldn't do anything about it ahead of time or know when it was going to happen. And I have a strange way of if I'm walking down the street through the city, you know, uh, somebody who is, you know, just like pretty much insane will follow me. I I um, have a way of when people see me, they love me or hate me. It's like there's something in my aura that people are just Can I lit stop up you by, that? sometimes negative or positive. May I stop you for a second? Yes. Mm -hmm. You are empathic. 
That is what is going on. You are an empath. In other words, you're easily able to tune into other people's feelings and their energy. In other words, you have an, an, an enhanced ability to bond with other people and be receptive to their energy above and beyond what is normal. And so this creates a, 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 an extra challenge for you in relationships because I am partially empathic, but my empathic abilities uh, come about because of my commerce with entities, with ancestors, elementals, and deities who are not me, but who are connected to me sometimes. And therefore, because I can feel what they are feeling, I can oftentimes have an empathic perception of the people I'm around. And this is what you're doing. And I don't know because I, I have to talk to you more and see you in action more. I don't know if your empathic abilities stem from your own auric field and your own power, because some people have that ability, they're born with it, or if your empathic ability is secondary. In other words, you have entities around you, normally ancestors, and they are relaying to you this information, uh, they don't necessarily have the same timeline and the same time reality that you and I do. To them, they, the past and the future and the present often runs together. So they're showing you this information not to influence your life in one way or the other. It just flows because you're connected to them. So you can use this to your advantage, and you should. If you're not trained and you don't understand it, the normal reaction is to think that it's a negative occurrence because most of the information that they're going to end up sharing with you is stuff that is either very positive or very negative because that's, that's just how it is. But this information, this, this commerce, this ability of yours is always a positive one. Even if, the, if something happens and then you can't do anything about it, don't worry about that. The way to get past that is to understand the echo concept, to understand that you are always generating energy and thoughts and feelings and based on what you're what you're projecting out, that determines to a large extent what comes back to you. The the crazy people following you, they're following you because they're feeling something from those same entities. They're feeling a transmission. They're feeling your uh, your normalness, your goodness, whatever it is, whatever this energy is that's around you. It's to them, it's a carrying, carrying call, and so they can't really help but to follow it, to try to, number one, feed off of it, and number two, hope that it will help them or nourish them in some way. When you see these dreams and things like that, it's basically simply a, 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 a report of your empathic ability as to explain further the dynamics behind the events in your life. And those events, the, the, the information coming to you 
does not influence the events. They're just that's just what's coming. What influences the events are the thoughts, emotions, and actions that you do every day. So if you change your thoughts, change your actions, change your energy, gradually it will begin to attract the things that you're thinking and projecting out. Now, caution. Even if you change tomorrow and only think positive thoughts, only think abundance, beauty, and joy, only feel the good feelings that you want to feel, there's going to be a period of weeks and perhaps months where the old vibration and the old occurrences will still come to you out of inertia. So you have this white ball of energy of good, this dark ball of energy that's bad, based on what's happened to you in the past. Some of it is what you did. Some of it is what other people did to you. It does not matter. That ball of energy has to be dissipated. And so until you dissipate that ball of energy, there's still going to be some level of those negative events that are going to try to invade your space. As long as you are understand that it's going to end, Hold on, y'all. Hold on, y'all. Yeah. We got two minutes before the uh, live chat cuts off. So if you want to continue listening to uh, the response, <clears throat> and we have about three more callers, you're going to have to call in 347-205-9089, 347-205-9089. you got a minute and 20 seconds to call in if you are listening on the live stream. You got to call in now, 347-205-9089. We're not going to stay in the after party long, but we are going to handle our responsibilities and take the callers that are on the line now and finish with our guest caller who's on the line right now. So it will be stopping in about 60 seconds. So I do encourage each one of you in the chat room to please call in. Okay, go ahead, y'all. So I'm going to give you a chance to respond to what I've said. Um, yes, I'm here. Um, I I am grateful for the response because I've heard that before, you know, that or or just kind of known that I I am an empath, but I just avoid people and in the relationship that I'm in now, I'm saying I'm saying I'm thankful every day that I found this man because he is. He just seems to be meant for me because no other relationship have I been in where the man didn't go from seeming to be a nice, sane person to just being crazy and or just violent toward me. And I, I, I've been avoiding people and even my female friends because sometimes when I'm with them, they're the victim of whatever person just approaches because they pick up on something. And I I would like, I know people are waiting, so I would like to talk to you in the future, but I was just wondering how other people may have experienced something because of some kind of chemistry where the man needs nurturing or healing, but he just won't receive it from a particular woman. Sister Tahare, um on original native radio, <clears throat> Coach Kair is always looking for a teachable opportunity. And one of the things I express to my clients is you have to deprogram before you can reprogram. Mm -hmm. So and normally 
I love to let people speak freely so we can do what I call looking into your Jahari window. And your Jahari window are your personal blind spots. And the thing that you said a lot of women um, have and they don't really realize, they talk about it, but they don't live up to it, is how magical you all are. So the things that come out of your mouth and you claim come to pass, saying, I'm a victim. Someone is turning into X, Y, Z. And then you said, well, I'm looking for other people's experiences. You want, you want guidelines and solutions versus other people's solutions. Because I mean experiences. Because other people's experiences of horror stories is like sitting around an Alcoholics Anonymous or sitting around at a domestic violence, and there's nobody there who's got any solutions. They just say, oh, men ain't shit. That's the answer. And then they let you go home and you have that stuck in the forefront of your cerebral cortex. Mm -hmm. So I would say take advantage of a conversation with Master Yao or myself or listening to many of these archives to say, let me pick up solutions. Fuck the experiences. What are some of the solutions that I can have? Because misery loves company. So me listening to somebody else's uh, experience and it being similar to mine or worse to mine or almost as bad as mine is no good. And and could that leads to getting your advice or getting your tools and equipment from non-experts. Wounded people can't heal wounded people. Right. Okay. Well, you got to get to the you got to get to the super survivors who have decided their life path is teaching. That is what Yao is about. That's what Coach Kair is about. So joining the Grand Triumph program when the when the broadcast starts in a um, in a couple of weeks, uh, tuning in, zooming in to that. Not just well, what does somebody else experience? You know, did, did, did someone else see that men? Or, you know, very violent when you're being nurturing? No, no. Men don't get violent because you're nurturing. That's not... Well, I, I want to leave her with one thought, though, that's very important. That, you know, that you are putting out an energy, and you have to understand that it's, it's just like if you turn on a light switch and the light comes on. The light bulb doesn't have a consciousness of wanting to come on or not. When you put the energy to it, it simply responds. And you have to understand that to some extent, the energy that you're going to put out, being an impact, is in some people going to engender certain responses because they are dysfunctional. That's not your fault. Therefore, you have to come up with an ability of yourself to do two things to use your empathic abilities to forecast when these things are going to happen, number one. Number two, to learn how to switch it off and avoid such people because, you you know, even it, it takes time for you to start to manifest a new reality. And in the meantime, you don't want these negative experiences to overpower the positive relationship that you have today. And I would say that you can and should do that. So don't be discouraged because it is what it is. Understand that you have a gift and that if you if you shine that ray of light on some men, they are going to act negatively. 
It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the fact that that's just the way they're calibrated. And you can learn how to feel them out from the very beginning and simply avoid them. I want to leave you with that thought because, as you see, you are in a good relationship now, which lets you know that you can succeed. Therefore, the next thing that you need to understand is that you can also avoid the negative. Okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it It's our pleasure. But you do have this power, and it must be cultivated. Just like giving a good a, a 357 to a child. If you show him how to use it, he'll be responsible. So you do have to learn to cultivate, and that's one of the big things going on right now with women. A lot of the planetary energies that are moving along and us, the closer we get to December 21st, 2012 and beyond, these these energies are going to be more apparent and more at your fingertips. And a lot of women who have not had the practice or not had the training are going to, just like y'all said, say, hey, what is this? Why am I attracting the lower end of this when I could be attracting the higher end? Right. Use your discernment, go into prayer, ask for guidance that you meet the right teachers. All right? All right. Thanks, Thanks for a lot for calling call. in, and I look forward to you listening in next week to, as well. All right. Good night. Peace. Next caller we got is from the caller from the two two nine four four four. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Uh, peace, Coach Master, y'all. This is uh, Neb calling down in Georgia. How y'all doing tonight? There he is, Mr. Tantra himself. What's happening, Neb? I uh, just hanging in there, man. You know, trying to get some uh, advice, tools and equipment to make it move. <laughs> Well, you know, we got rules, tools, and jewels around here. How can we help you? What kind of comments or questions or feedback you got for us tonight? Well, you know, I, I was listening into the show, and the, the part that I guess that stuck with me is when last year I was talking about um, how past relationships come up for new relationships or, you know, in the introductory phase of talking to someone. It seems like it. that's always a constant that comes up. It's almost like... The first question is, uh, why are you single and, uh, you know, what happened with your last situation? So is is that more along the lines of what me as the individual could be projecting, or is it just something that's really a need to know from another person? And if that is the case, then, you know, how do, you, how do we actually move forward from getting out of that kind of mentality to the point where, even if it even if it does come up, it doesn't have to be a, a sore spot, so to speak. Well, there's two types of uh, of information when you're looking at it like that. Number one, the person is asking a, a relevant question. If 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 you if, if 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 you meet a woman and she's she was she's addicted to heroin, that's something you need to know, and that's not you passing judgment on her. That's something you need to know if she's going to be around your kids and your family. So some of the questions we're asking are valid, and you simply answer them. The second part of it is when we're stuck in the past and we can't get past the fact that 
even though this person, we ask him the question, and he's not like these other men, we still treat him like these other men, and we still try to put him on the defensive. Two different categories. So my, my thing is, I always look at four things. The woman's relationship with her father, her first sexual experiences that, that determined her womb imprint, her, her relationship with the alpha male when she was a teenager, any trauma, molestation, and at the same time, the, the things that defined her during her teen years, whether she was a cheerleader or this, whether she was overweight, underweight, whether she was popular. In other words, the four principal questions that determine the nature and basis of your counterfeit personality. We all should ask those questions at the beginning of a relationship as tactfully as possible. It's information you need to know to give the other person the highest level of pleasure. Once you once you establish this, once you ask these investigative questions, the next thing that you have to do is then establish the fact that she's not like the other women you dated and you're not like the other men that she dated. You guys, this is a new football game. When you start a football game on Sunday, you don't start with the score of the game last Sunday. So last Sunday you lost. 13 to 10, the other team beat you. You don't start this game with a score of 10, but you ended the last game with a score of 10. You start this game 0-0, and you have a kickoff. You don't start the game at the four-yard line where you ended the last game. You start this game with a kickoff and a brand-new game. You need to use this football analogy with your girlfriend. When you start off the relationship, you ask those questions and establish what what's going on with the two of you. And after you establish that, then you start a new game. You 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 you, you referee, you toss the coin, and you start it fresh. The reason that you ask those questions is so that you know what the other person's stuff is, so that you can help the relationship be the best it can be in spite of that. In other words. You're not asking the questions so that you can judge the other person and avoid them. You're asking those questions so you understand how you can best be present with them and how you can best give them what they need and get what you need. Have I answered your question? Oh, of course. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <clears throat> yeah, that was that was that right there was one of them super duper. Kai, you can't even mess with that analogy right there, brother. I used to call it the old light bill, but you called it the old football score. So, like, I'm using that. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have to send you something in your PayPal tonight because that's awesome. Like, I ran into that a thousand times. Of Well, you know, in my past, you know, this happened. You know, the football game, the last game, I had ten points, so I want to start with ten points. Well, I lost in the last game, so I'm still scared of losing this game. I think people need to look at more football and look at the coach on the sideline and saying we take it one game at a time. New game, both of us are zero and zero. We go out there for that coin toss, you know, and don't even let the the sweetness of the victory or the bitterness of the loss from the last game uh, deter how you're going to move forward in this new uh, new reality because you make your new reality each and every day. You know, we die daily. So holding on to that, you know, just 
crazy. Uh, Neb, I wanted to just add on uh, the romance and finance audio, CD, and ebook. My man Hotep has 36 questions in there that you can ask somebody. You probably can do half of it. You can do 18 of them in the first five minutes. But this is for people who are really interested in forming a power couple. See, because right. you do have different categories. You got those who just want to casually date. If you just want to casually date somebody, then don't get out asking them a bunch of serious questions. You know, and but also be ready to accept the fact that um, there could definitely be some drawbacks. Because like y'all said, if I ask her if she's ever done heroin before, then I must be real serious. But if I'm just trying to get to Punani and he didn't quit it, then what am I asking such a deep question for to get all into her background? So you need to know where you are coming from first. This is male and female, and be super honest with it. Are you trying to form a power couple, or are you just trying to get some nookie? And, and ladies, this goes for you too now, because you ladies will go out here and just want to get some dick sometimes. Not interested in taking their brother home. Y'all, that could be a whole nother show. You know what I'm saying? Because it's been, a, you know, a, a illusion and a lie that the men are the only predators out here. Oh, he did this? No, no, no. It's a lot of, a lot of predators out here from the from from uh, both genders. But um, you have to look at your intentions on what it is that you're looking for. You know what I'm saying? And because then it's going to be easier to attract it to you. Because I don't really agree with we have to find something. You know, the things that come to us, we attract them because of what is going on in our minds, what are going on in our cells, and what is going on in our own particular spiritual and emotional lives and our mental bodies. So you don't have to look far except look in the mirror and say, this is what I'm doing, this is what I desire. And the next thing you know, you might see somebody who shows up and it may not look like you want them to look or they're not smelling or sounding like you want them to sound, but they are the best thing for you and because they're your reflection. So I just wanted to add that little piece in there. Nick, I'll, I'll leave you with this. There's a lot of women out here, and there's a lot of potential pleasure in them. There's a lot of good-smelling, good-looking, good-acting uh, women out here, and it's just like a field of cotton or a field of wheat, you know, it's just waiting to be harvested. And once you establish the ground rules, once you know where you and her are, you know, make sure that when you get to that point where you finish the investigation, that you focus on the harvest. You know, you don't plant for the process of, of, of weeding and growing and and worrying about if it's going to rain or not. The reason you plant the seeds in the beginning is so that you can harvest and eat. Focus on the harvest. After you get past that uh, that, uh, that thing, look at all the good stuff she's got going on and dream about that. Focus on that and tell her that, wow, I can't wait until you and I go to the opera. I can't wait till we go to the football game. I can't wait till you and I make love and focus on the positive. That, that's, that, that's what I'll leave you with. Hello? And, Neb, I just, I just dropped something on your page for you, a little uh, little something-something 
from the prophet, uh, Nabal Drew Ali. I'm going to make sure I put this on air. This is chapter 20 from the Circle 7 Quran. It says, Holy instructions and warning for all young men. Beware, young men. Beware of the allurements of wantonness, and let not the harlot tempt thee to excess in her delights. The madness of desire shall defeat its own purpose. Pursuits from the blindness of his rage thou shalt rush upon destruction. Give not up thy heart to her sweet enticements, neither suffer thy soul to be enslaved by her enchanting delusions. That means, brothers, be careful. Don't just run out here. You know, the choices that you make, you got to live with. So, and, and and that's probably, and that's a big source of why brothers are shut down today. But, like he says, examine with care and fix not suddenly. On our present choice depends our future happiness. So I'm going to leave you with that. Keep that thought in mind. And everybody listen, just rewind that. Examine with care and fix not suddenly. On our present choice depends our future happiness. Pick happy over right, brother. Pick happy over right. Thanks a lot for calling in tonight, Nev. Hey, can I can I get a uh, one one quick plug in? Come on, drop it. No, I, I was listening to the the other other guy call in, you know, and I know that it seems like we don't always have a bunch of dudes call in. I ain't called in in a while myself. So just you know, just quick, what I've what I've found in my own development is, you know, regardless of how situations turned out in the past. There was, a, there was a start to that, and then there was however the ending might have happened. But in some way, shape, or form in there, there was some happiness. So moving forward, instead of holding on to, the, you know, the pain and the heartache and all of the rest of that stuff, moving forward, you know, focusing on what it was that was positive and continue to take that forward. That's that's something that I've picked up on my own, you know, just for my own discernment. Most excellent. Most you know this brother's on fire. You know he's in. He, <coughs> this is this brother right here, ladies. Y'all better, y'all better start finding out where this brother is at. You know what I'm saying? These brothers that's calling in to the original Native Radio Show and dropping it like that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna start putting their marital status out here, but you know we do believe in these love connections. I, that's just like that's it. I mean, the bottom line: women are beautiful. <laughs> really, and I mean, you know, it's a lot of drama in there. But if we can get past some of that stuff and get get to the good stuff, get to the kernel, it's beautiful. We should never lose sight of that. I can't. That's just great what he said. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Neb. I appreciate you for calling in, Big Brother. No problem, bro. Appreciate it, Master Y'all. Oops. Thank you. I, Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> It's awesome, baby. Next call has been holding on for a while from the nine one nine six nine six. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? My name is Tondra, and I'm calling from Atlanta. Tondra, hey baby, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I just want to, I know you guys are getting ready to close. I just wanted to make a, a, a comment um, about being authentic and people lying in relationships. Um, I think it's hard, like, even when people aren't in relationships, um, they introduce who they want to introduce to the world in general. Um, (laughs) I don't think, you you know, it's just about being in a relationship. And I think it's unfortunate because um, 
we don't have a true foundation of who we really are in the beginning. So from from the get-go, we're kind of lost in this game. Um, and, even, and if you don't know you're lost, you're not even trying to find yourself. And so then we put that on top of any trauma that you go through um, and then trying to build something with somebody else and you still don't even know yourself. Like we're just in a state that's just is really, really hard. Um, I'm grateful and thankful for the dialogue that you guys have and the healing that you're doing. I think it's wonderful. Uh, I sometimes wonder if we can actually make it through, like get through to the next phase or to the next step of, truly loving each other, and I've always um, had in my heart and mind that sexuality and spirituality can't be separate. Like, I didn't see how I was raised in a Christian church, how it could be separate, because to me, spirituality was the closest I could get to God, like, and feeling that bliss, and I felt like that's something we should feel every day in the presence of everybody, everywhere, just loving everything, and I feel like that's the way the planet is supposed to be. Um, and that's just my comment, my statement. <laughs> it's awesome, baby. This is a dream come true. Sandra, <laughs> you're my kind of woman. <laughs> you're definitely my kind of woman. So, you know, when when you go into the bank, when I used to go into the bank to borrow money, you know, I'm looking for them to give me a benefit, to give me money. And they want to know my credit report. And so, you know, um, <laughs> they 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 give me money based on what I did in the past. The credit report talks about what I used to do. It doesn't really predict what I'm going to do, although for them, that's how they use it. They say based on what your past credit history is, that's how we're going to make our decision. And yeah. it's got nothing to do with you know, the profitability of the bank, and it's got nothing to do with how much you need the money. It's about the credit report <laughs> in the story. And uh, it just, it doesn't always, you know, out. it doesn't give us always the best outcome. But they don't want to do anything else. They figure that's based on insurance risk and how we want to operate. That's how we're going to flow. And since we got the money, Basically, you gotta you gotta put up with that. If you want our money, that's how you gotta that's what you gotta do. You gotta give us the credit report, and we gotta judge you on it. And so, a lot of men have the same concept. I'm a handsome man. I have, I can give you good sex. I've got a lot of money. I'm making a good job. I'm a good person. I'll make a good father. And basically, if you want to hang with me, you gotta show me your credit report. <laughs> and and basically, you know, if I look at your credit report, you got a low score. <laughs> you know, it's on to the next one. And you know, the whole show tonight is about how we can get past that, how we can take it to the next step. In other words, say, okay, yep, here is what happened in the past. Here is why it happened. And here is this is going to tell you. Here's my original self. And that's going to be a better predictor of what I can do for you in the future. And so, you know, um, what you're saying is the ideal scenario of of the world. 
And it, it really ties into what the brother who was on before, what Nev said. He's basically saying, look, even in the relationships that ended badly, there might have been two years of happiness, and then there was two months of pain. But I, I kept in the past remembering the pain instead of the two years of happiness. And then he said, now what I'm doing is I'm focusing on the two years of happiness and trying to minimize the two months of pain the way, when it ended. That's like, that's the whole show right there. And so it ties in with what you're saying. It's like the world is supposed to be sex and spirit combined. Sex is spiritual. Right. There is no other way to look at it. And when it's at its most spiritual, it's at its most natural, it's at its greatest height of pleasure, and there is no different face, there is no different uh, way, and you, you're, not, you're not tied to the credit report anymore. And you're like saying, okay, um, this is all good. There's abundance, there's plenty of money, and so basically there's going to be plenty of money to pay the loan back. And, and even if in the end the relationship fails, we're going to generate so much pleasure, positiveness, harmony, and joy for the time before it gets to that point that the other person is not going to be able to focus on the, 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 what caused it to terminate or what we couldn't overcome. That's such a beautiful thing. It is. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you made me remember my other announcement when you said people don't know themselves. I've been studying this conscious community for well over 20 years. I've been with some of the highest masters and mystics around, and it's going to boil down to those things that you can't lie about, which is the birthday. And all the techniques I've learned, right now the astrology is one of the best things to find out who you are in your native position, where is your spiritual destiny, where is your karmic past and your personal poisons. So I want to announce that anyone gets in contact with me and says, I was listening to the Tower of Tantra show, I will give you $25 off a one-hour reading and $25 off a two-hour reading, okay? My contact information, you can find me on Facebook, Kyir Love. The number is 336-587-1215. Or you can email me at CoachKyir at Gmail. Now, that's $25 off an hour reading and $25 off a two-hour reading. Please take advantage of this. Have your birthday. Know what time you were born, and we'll take it from there. Also, if you want me to go into uh, Astro Harmony, about a relationship, please have the birthday and possibly the time as well for the person of your, the object of your affection. We'll just say it like that. All right? And even if you got two or three of them or four or five and you're just trying to make a decision, I'm not going to help you make the final decision, but I will give you information on how these people affect you in your life by the energy that they already carry. Like the sister that was on earlier about her being an empath, that's something with her moon in um, configuration in her particular chart. And the people who are attracted to that, their birthdays um, carry a certain energy as well. It's no, no coincidence that Yao's a Scorpio and I'm a Taurus. We're compliments to one another. I'm the earth and he's the water. We're opposite, we're opposite signs, which is one of the better compliments in the zodiac, okay? 
So I just wanted to put that out there and definitely say thank you, Sister Tandra, for calling in tonight. Thank you. Thank you. This is a dream come true. Caller from the 510-307. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hi, this is Marsha from California. How are you doing? All is well, Marsha. How are you feeling tonight? I'm feeling great. Thank you. Thanks for um, holding for me. What do you got for us tonight? Um, okay. You know, I was listening to um, the young lady about a half an hour ago. She was talking, you know, the one that's an empath. And I have a similar kind of situation. Actually, she reminded me a lot of myself. And it's always been that way. Um, with, you know, attracting the good, actually, as well as the bad. I termed the ones that, you know, they they gravitate towards your light. But then when they get too close enough and, and they really realize who you are, they get very upset. And so there's that empiric, that vampiric kind of energy exchange that, that they attempt to engage in. So I wanted to ask what specific techniques can be utilized to prevent these energy vampires from glooming on? I mean, do, you, do you visualize like a wall separating that's, them? That's an excellent question, Marcia. And um, because our society in general is operating at such a low frequency, I think, you know, that we have a lot more of the parasites, the energetic parasites, than we used to perhaps. Now, I was not alive in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, so I don't know for sure, but from talking to people and reading documents and whatever, it would appear that that is true. It could also be that because we are living in a society where we have more information versus Internet, newspapers, and TV and whatever, it could be that we're just more aware of them, but I don't think that's the case. I believe that there are more of them because they're not able to generate their own energy anymore, and there are other reasons for it as well. Now, the first thing, the three levels that you can use to block that, that parasitic uh, energy if you're empathic or if you're if you if you're what you call a light worker. Number one, that there, there are three levels, the Sahu, the Abit, the Ba, and different systems call it different things, whatever. But at the first and the lowest level, you're really talking about something similar to a chemical reaction. And the way that you would ward it off is to understand the two polarities of the energy in your body. One is called Nekrovet, one is called Wajet. Or one is called the right side of the body or the left side or the right brain or the left brain. Or one is uh, called Tethnut, one is called Mut. Or there are many different names or whatever for it. One tends to be a psychic-type, outgoing, hot type of an energy. One is a cool, more of a um, penetrating, liquefying type of an energy that's more flexible. Uh, we're not talking yin and yang. It's different. So to if, if you find out what your natal bagua is, then you want to determine which of these energies, first of all, affects you more easily. The, the empath that was 
that I was talking to before, I believe hers is the more, is the Neckerbat energy, is the more, uh, what they call the blue energy versus the red energy. And for her, the way to combat the negative side is, uh, first of all, by wearing a stone, a crystal. Uh, One of the most popular and cheap uh, ones is onyx, black onyx. So you would make yourself a talisman, and one of the central objects in that talisman that you would wear underneath your clothing would be onyx. If you have the other energy, the red wajet energy, then the the object that you would wear in your talisman would be a cat's eye called a crystal bowl. That's the scientific name for it. Uh, and do not confuse it with a tiger's eye. And, it, and if you can't get the cat's eye, then you would wear a red garnet or a ruby. Not a not a commercial gem, but an industrial ruby. All you you don't need it doesn't have to be polished or expensive. The the next level you go up from that, you get away from the chemical, physical energetic exchange and you get into an emotional exchange where those people sap your energies emotionally, and they're always down, and you're always up, and you're always pulling them up, and they're always pulling you down. And, and it's, it's disguised easily, but that's kind of the dynamic. They're sort of like leeches. They can't make enough blood themselves. They're sucking off yours. So the second level of, of emotional energy is done through mantra. In other words holy mantra or words of power, and you need to do breath work to get your kundalini up and then do the meditation where you enchant the mantra mentally, not verbally. And by chanting the mantra, you bring a particular energy up in yourself that is a defensive energy that repulses that type of negativity. So it would be through mantra. And those mantras are many. And you, the Buddhists have some. Uh, Asara sect, Kemetic tradition has some. The Akan has some. In Peru, the society down there, the Vudan have some. The, uh, in the Nordic or the Caucasian tradition, they have some. Um, in China, they have many. In India, they have many. But you would avail yourself of one tradition Find those particular chants. And when you're doing those uh, vibrations, when you're doing those meditations, it's centered on the chant because uh, you want to create this vibrational field around you that repels and suppresses that negative parasitic energy. The third and highest is the most potent and, and it is invincible but more difficult to obtain in practice. And that is, very simply, to become the highest and best version of yourself, really, not just in thought. And what that means is to bring all of your DNA attributes online and to become the DNA vibration itself purely. So to do that, you need to first make an effort to get the parasites toxins and viruses out of your body because they carry a vibration. Then you need to repair your damaged DNA inside your cells to the extent that you can. And I don't mean completely. I mean just 
basically. And, and in fact, this is one of the things that symptometry talks about, repairing your cells at the molecular level. But after you get past that, then the next thing involves your actual vibration, your actual vibrations. When you are vibrating at your original frequency, you can then do the highest level of meditation. And it's not really even a meditation. It's, it's a way that you walk through. And that is you then are clear enough to raise your kundalini to the first dantian. And when you raise your kundalini to the first dantian, it is, then becomes available for you to project it out. And when you project that kundalini out at the adversary, even if you are not aware that they're an adversary, it is impossible for them to resist or defend against it. Because you are entitled to the sun protection, you are entitled to native protection of your being, your 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 car, your car, your karma, your inner self. And therefore, there is nothing that can defend against that. The, the concepts of how you do that are not something that we talk about in public very much. I've given you a general idea of how you do it. It is not hard to do. It is difficult to make yourself ready to, to be capable of doing it. The actual exercise is something that once you start doing it, it's something that continues for a long, long time. And it's basically a vibration that is just a way that you walk. You do have to do certain exercises, certain mantras, certain things of that nature. But the basic thing is that when your kundalini rises up to the first dantian and stays there all the time, then you have a certain stream of energy available for defensive purposes. And, and basically, in, in some societies, they talk about a sphere of light above your head that has the face of a snake and that you then uh, cause rays of light to come out of that, project it out at your symbolic enemy. So I'm saying this in code, in allegory. I'm not saying it the way that it actually is. But if you have any knowledge of all of these things and if you understand the, the true, true inner meaning of what I say, you'll know the path to take to understand how to do this. Every person, every human has the right and the ability to do it. It's not easy to do that. But through the kundalini, when you project it out like that, there is no parasitic vampiric type energy that can abide you, no demon, no uh, negative spirit, no dark disease that wants to even be in the same room with you. Do you comprehend some of what I'm saying? Wow. Because there are dark entities. I mean, there are beautiful uh, entities and there are dark entities. And so you're saying, when you said that that kundalini rises, is that up to the crown chakra? No. If you get your kundalini to stay up at the crown chakra, you will be a light being. You will okay. be able to shape shift. You will be able to do stuff that 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 I can't do. I'm talking about just the first. There's five. I'm talking about the first dantian at your navel. That's all, that's all for you've got to raise it. That's hard as heck to do. I'm not talking about raising it up there once. 
and then it goes back down again. That's what happened a lot of people. I'm talking about that's where it stays all the time. And which that's not this? easy to do. I'm sorry. It's hard. I'm on a cell phone, so which which chakra? We're not talking about a chakra. chakra the navel. The, 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 talk, the chakras are talking about the, the, the part of the spirit body that's in the auric field. What I'm talking about is the tower, the central pillar that's the core of the energy body that's feeding the chakras. And this tower... Oh. Right, this tower is called the Deved, the central pillar or whatever, and this is, some people call it the horror, the core of the, the pillar of the spirit body or the, psych, or the subtle body, uh, but you, it, has, it has these stations. And so you, the cauldron is where the yin kundalini and the yang, I'm sorry, the yin chi and the yang chi combine to produce kundalini that goes up your spine or the column next to your spine. That's what I'm talking about. And so most people, it stays, it's low ghost of activity. It stays in the cauldron all their life, the lowest possible point. When you get to a higher level of evolution, you it doesn't stay in the cauldron. Its starting point is the first antien right below the solar plexus. When you get to the kundalini to that point in time, you, in order to do that, you have evolved to the point where you're not, living in your counterfeit personality and your energy is not leaking out so much and your energy is not distorted and off frequency because you are going back to your DNA vibration. Therefore, your energy comes up and can stay up because it's just like having a sieve and pouring water into it versus having a jar or a vase and pouring water into it. One is constantly flowing out as fast as you're pouring it in. The other, it rises and stays. Therefore, the energy becomes available to do many things. For instance, ancestor possession and those types of things are called activities. But you also can channel the energy. You have to decide to do it and make the effort to do it and know the techniques to do it. But it becomes available to project that energy out as a defensive mechanism. And so... There's a process to do that. It is not hard, but it is hard to get to a place where you can do it. But once you project that energy out like that at your symbolic enemy, and it's not a person, it's, it's a symbol that you hold in your mind, you know, that, and then the enemy knows. So when you're walking through life, you don't think about doing it. If someone starts to act that way towards you, the energy automatically, without you thinking about it, goes and, and, and destroys that connection to you. They can come into your circle, and they can mess with you a little bit, but as soon as they start doing things that, that are parasitic or negative, the energy begins immediately to repel them away. And then if you go back and actively do the meditation again or do the exercise again, you can literally cause the other person to become sick have an accident to to be to be relocated, uh, and, and in the end, if nothing else will stop them from interfering with you, they will die. Wow! Is that strong? So this column that you speak of is it, is it in the spinal column? Is it something that cannot be seen 
you know, under scientific observation, um, does it run parallel or lateral to the spinal column? It, it runs parallel to the spinal column, exactly. And, in fact, the spinal column is, is, is probably inside of it at some different point. It is energy. It's not a physical thing. And, no, scientific community tries to avoid that type of knowledge as much as possible because those people in the scientific community, the few of them that know about it, certainly do not want you to know about it. The, the vast majority of the population has no abilities or knowledge of this, but the few who do are using it, many of them, for negative ends, and they want very much for you not to be able to use it because if you're able to use it, you can resist their control of your life. How, where would, could you recommend um, um, some materials so we can get educated? I really sincerely appreciate everything that you have shared and taught. This is something completely new, and um, I really, really, it's very um, enlightening. And uh, Marsha, I, I want to recommend, <clears throat> if you noticed the show, when you're listening to it, this is show number 21. Go back and listen to the first five shows. Five. Go, go look to the first eight shows where he methodically, systematically, like when you, if the brother Neb was still on the line and you would ask him how many notes that he's taken since the first show. If this is is this your first show listening to tonight? No, I've listened to your show before, but it's been a couple of months. I mean, no, so I'm talking about is this your first time listening to the Tower of Tantra on Thursday night? It's probably my third time over the past. Okay, so year. there's eighteen. So, so there's eighteen missing shows of two plus hours of information. Okay. So I would recommend you get a note. And this is the thing: this is not a fly by night weekend course. Or let me get all my answers by calling in the blog talk. You have to be diligent. You have to be dedicated, and you have to make a decision if you want to be a disciple. You know, Yao's giving you a lot of things, but he'll tell you quickly, too, i got to shut some things off because those things are reserved for the Grand Trying class. So we don't want you to. In fact, fact, Marsha, we don't teach this particular thing until you get to level four of the Grand Trying because we don't teach it to to the novice because they will attempt to misuse it and oftentimes to their detriment. It's not something that we teach to people until they get to a point where they can use it and where they actually, it doesn't make sense of teaching it to people when they can't do it. So you have to do quite a bit of work to get to the place where you could actually implement something like that. So what you're dealing with or what most people are dealing with, the first two things that I told you will probably be sufficient. Just the wearing of the onyx or the uh, the cat's eye in a talisman, and you can add a certain type of black powder that you make, and you can add certain other types of herbs and certain other types of things in there that will will cause your aura to project a protective mechanism. It's a low level of protection, but against most of the parasitic vampire-type persons out there, it's more than enough to repel them. You don't necessarily have to get to the point where you're projecting kundalini at them. You probably don't even need to do that except in 
a few cases of really, really, really powerful oh. entities that are, 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 you know, coming up against you. Oh, oh yeah, she's trying to make a comment. Go ahead. Oh yes, I've been. I mean, I I believe this woman was full of demons. A, a stranger who I had to dial nine one one on, who I did I had never seen before. I mean, I mean, it's it it can get real crazy. Yes, but but most of these people who are like that, they have very little power, and yes, they are crazy and they are a threat. But it doesn't take as much power as you think to push them away, um, you know. And so what what I'm saying to you is though these types of things are not taught in books or on the radio. These types of things, first of all, people are not going to teach them to you until you've gone through the initiation and gone through the levels to get to a place where you can actually do it. And then when you get to that place, People are happy to teach it to you uh, because they want you to be able to do these things. But you have to first demonstrate that you're worthy and, and that you're ready. Uh, That's you know, a good point. Because I would hope you would assess people because some people you would definitely not want to teach that to. Exactly. So in the Grand Trine program, we do teach that, but you get that's at level four before you get to that kind of stuff. And... Um, you know, okay. I can tell you, you know, most of the crazy people out here, if you just do the beginning stuff, it's enough to push them away from you. Hold on, y'all. We only have 10 minutes left. I think she was asking for the website, and we do have another caller that's been holding. His website yes. is MasterYao.com, and then you're going to see his picture, and then there's going to be a link that says Grand Trine. And you can click on that link, and it'll take you over to another site, another portal, where you can get information, more information on the Grand Trine program. He's also on Facebook, uh, Yao Morris, Y-A-O-M-O-R-R-I-S, as well as the International Grand Trine, which is a group that you can just press and um, ask ask for admission and join for membership and, and, and come into the community. And we would definitely encourage you and all the listeners to um, participate as soon as possible. Yes, just okay. go on the website, go to the contact page, and send me a message with your, with your email at it, and we can communicate. Okay, thank you much. Thank you, Marshall. Have we a- appreciate you calling in. Okay, great. Have a great night. Now, last caller for the night, caller from the 202-746. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? No, 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 no. That hold on, hold on. That the the, the speakerphone you using is uh not working. We can hear you on a scale of one to ten at about a zero and a half. So you're gonna have to take us off a of speakerphone or pick the phone up and move a lot closer. Okay, I I I think I worked something out. Uh, this is Manifest Rock calling from D.C. Man, peace, uh, Coach Kaye and Master Yao. How y'all doing this evening? Manifest Rock in the building. <laughs> This is a dream come true. I ain't gonna tell you how upset I am with you because your number's not in my phone, but I got it now. <laughs> hey man, well hey man, it was a pleasure meeting you a couple of weeks ago, and uh, of course I saw Master Yao a few days ago for some training. But I, you know, I was gonna ask a, another question, but 
what the sister and you all were just talking about was very important, and that brought me to a, a quick question here. When we talk about relationships, and we there's a lot of uh, energetic vampires out there. There's a lot of brothers, but also sisters out there who are, um, how can I say it, sharing energy from their pain, from their anger, from their frustration, from their traumas, if you will, and they've learned a little bit of spiritual knowledge uh, from some, um, you know, traditional uh, indigenous path, what have you, and they're putting stuff out there. So, um, you know, I guess, uh, uh, you know, I know Master Yao spoke of um, um, being able to cultivate oneself so that energy doesn't um, take hold, you know, um, building that foundation from the lower Don Tien. I've been on the receiving ends of that energy, and I'm pretty sure you brothers have as well. And one of the things I've found that's very beneficial is just cultivating a pure and virtuous heart. Um, you know, being that like that divine child where the arrows just kind of flow through um, and the person is dealing with their own karma, if you will, and what they send doesn't necessarily take hold at all. And so, you know, I wanted you all to speak of that. But also then, you know, uh, returning love in kind and not fighting fire with fire, if you will, but uh, even expressing love and, and compassion for those folks who, are expressing themselves from their lower nature. So just wanted you all to speak on, I guess, how can those of us who are, are cultivating that, that higher energy, how we can um, transmute that energy, um, and therefore everyone wins. Um, the person, you know, um, ourselves, the ones who are on the opposite end of receiving that, but as well as the, 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 the sender, so, you know, we lessen the karma. So I kind of wanted to just hear you all speak on that if you could. Manifest, thank you for calling in. The some of the ways that um that, that females are are practicing this type of uh, miniature or miniature vampirism is by using their menstrual blood to um to influence the man. They've learned some very basic techniques and they, they do rituals, little things with their menstrual blood and even there are even some of them who take teeny tiny bits of it and put it in drink, in, in the man's drink when he's not looking. Mm-hmm. And they do certain things in conjunction with that. There are others who have certain specific roots that, that something is done to these particular herb roots, the combinations, and they put this in food, and they'll put this around the man's bed and under his pillow and things like that. And it has some influence. There's also something called the white tiger practice. It's a type of sexual kung fu where the woman develops this energetic power, or it's not really a power, but it's an energy that they cultivate and they project it out of their aura to cause the man to want to to take his will away so that he more conforms to their charms than he normally would. In other words, he's more susceptible to their will and his will, the foundation of his will is undermined. And for for many men who are weak-minded and who don't have a lot of willpower, when when the women practice the, the these white tigers type things, these sexual kung fu type energies, they are able to get the man to do a lot of things for them. So there are a lot of practices like this where women are out here with a, a very limited amount of knowledge doing very elementary things that do have an influence on most men. It's very easy 
to combat these things uh, through through the breath, through qigong, through the practices in the grand trine, through the practice of tantra itself. Period, and just by using common sense, <laughs> and not just uh, you know allowing yourself to be entwined with women when you know, even though they look good and the pussy's good, you know that they don't have the best intentions because they let you know that they don't have the best intentions by their actions. So if, if women don't call you when they're supposed to, when they have, when they want you to do everything to please them and they don't want to do small things to please you and, you know, you start to see the signs written in, in the sky and you still want to chase after the pussy, then you deserve what you get. So you have to use discretion. When you see that the person is, has intentions, you never know. And if a small amount of investigation will uncover if she's practicing these types of things, because the whole the thing with the menstrual blood, it's, you know, that really, really could easily, quickly backfire on her in a very negative way when women are doing stuff like that. They, they just don't understand the whole dynamic of it. So I don't agree with with the forgiveness of that. I'm not about, I'm not into condoning it and saying, well, let's try to get their heart changed. I think that when people do stuff like that and their intentions are clear, they should suffer the most dire and most severe consequences possible short of death. And that is the best way for them to learn the lesson of never to do that stuff again because you can end up changing people's life streams and changing their destinies and changing things that really are not good, and it can go from generation to generation. And it also encourages other women who see people do this they see the woman do this to a man, and then they think, oh, I'm going to do that too, you know, because they're a little angry about this, that, or the other. When when people do stuff like this, you know, they should basically spiritually have their hand cut off. So I'm not saying cut their hand yeah. off physically, but they should be disabled spiritually for a period of time so that they'll have time to uh, think about what they did and be incapacitated until they learn their lesson. So I feel only the harshest punishment is justified when you start dealing with energetic things like